All right, so Keeks, do you know what an offset spatula is? Uh, is it? No, I don't think I do. Not in that. I probably know what it is, but I don't know it by that name. Damn it. Chris, you and your bougie-ass white people shit. It's... It's is it like the is it the specials that's that are like bent? Yeah, they're it, yes. they're like bent okay. and they're like really long and skinny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I just I don't oh know what is that Jesus that word. Christ. Okay, I didn't know it as that thing as I didn't know that was the name either until I started watching Bake Off. Okay, but, so like, white people, what the fuck did you call it before you knew? Oh, just a spatula. Everything was a spatula. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like like i would have referred to it as the long thin spatula or like the bent spatula or whatever the hell yeah okay see i don't know what the fuck that is because asians don't use their ovens i are like the oven in my childhood <laughs> household was used for storing extra pots and pans that we only used on thanksgiving that makes sense um but yeah no so i chris and i were in bed bath me on a day um <laughs> screaming at each other about whether or not it was white about people spatulas yes <laughs> oh of course it's a fucking white people thing chris why would you even argue with her about that <laughs> oh no, no no i did not argue that it's a white people thing yes Kristen, i tried to prove her wrong that it's white people shit by asking you if you know what an offset spatula is <laughs> <laughs> of course it's white nonsense every no i knew i knew it was white i mean honestly See? like most of most of like dessert baking is white nonsense, white nonsense. yes yeah, I know. listen we deep fry all our shit because we're smart <laughs> i mean yeah. not, we got you're not like, wrong about that like my favorite now that you say that i'm like my favorite kitchen utensil is like one of quinn's co-workers uh is thai and got us like this big nice rice spoon from thailand and i'm like this is the only thing i ever want to use for anything i can understand why like why would anyone need any other kitchen tools it's just like a big like it's like half spatula half spoon it's wooden it's bad as fuck it has a loop you can hang it if you want to i'm like yeah this is the best kitchen tool of all time no that's real honestly that's you get it that's part of why i hate baking because you need so many (laughs) new other things i'm trying to get more into baking because i've been watching bake off (sighs) don't just don't get piping things no cooking cooking stuff is more worth it than baking stuff i mean i agree with you (laughs) get a sous vide before you get any other baking nonsense oh that's what i could ask for for my birthday whoops oh well sucks to suck that's all right all right i got ireland lodging basically paid for it's fine well, we, have a, we have a podcast. Should we record the podcast? Or I just want to say, can we, is this baking podcast? No, this is white people shit podcast. Bake apparently. pod? Um, <laughs> bake worse pod? Aw, that's adorable. <laughs> Except I don't want to do that. All right, anyway. be a great crossover episode. Oh my God. Holiday oh my special? God. Can you please shut up? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 54 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Kate, and I'm here with Chris and Kristen, and today we're going to be talking about chapters 7 through 14 of Catalyst by James Lucino. Um, and I'm excited because we get to f- talk about my favorite disaster by probably in all, in all the Star Wars movies. So does anybody even remember what happened in chapter seven through 14? I feel like I read these like a month ago. Um, I kind of remember. I remember my number one question being, why did we read through chapter 14 when it's the first chapter of part I know, two? I know, <laughs> I know. I wasn't happy about it, but like, I didn't want to like, 
Well, because if, if we didn't read through chapter 14, then we would have been reading like 150 pages this week. Uh, I mean... And? Okay. We've done it before. It's fine. We've done it before and I've gotten complaints. <laughs> oh, from Kate or from whom? From both of Kate? you. Oh. Oh. That doesn't sound mm. like me. <laughs> no. But, uh, I don't know her. <laughs> I don't acknowledge your question. I refuse to respond to it. Anyway, what are we drinking? Oh, uh, I wasn't going to drink because I already had two big IPAs before this because I didn't mm. eat today. So I wanted to go get a burger. Um, but- I'm, drinking, I'm drinking a Big Guns. Uh, which I've had on the <laughs> show. No, I am. I'm drinking Big Guns, which I've had on the show before, but it's only uh, 4.2. It's a session IPA from sounds uh, like, whatever it's called, uh, Fort George. Sounds like a good way to not drink. I mean, 4.2 to me is basically like, uh, we didn't have any Rainier left. So. Fair point. It's basically water. It's less <laughs> alcoholic than Rainier is. Fair. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm drinking literal oh, it's water. A, it's a small boy. Nope, actually. A small boy. Nope, finished the, nope, uh, hang on. You're drinking nothing, Chris. I know, I just finished my literal water, and I also have half a glass of day-old Darjeeling tea. Half a glass? Half a cup. Liver, liver water? Just just finished my water. You put a word in there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna amplify it when I edit it. Yeah, go back to the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Mmm, liver water, just like my grandma used to drink. (laughs) (laughs) back in old country really really cooking pod today we're really getting into the culinary uh, culinary arts delicacies yeah we were Um, just we were just talking about offset spectacles because because white people shit and yeah i don't know where i'm gonna put that but chris really wanted it to be recorded so i thought it would potentially be funny because it was stupid anyway um (laughs) no it was funny it was fine um kate what are you drinking um i am Drinking Hendrix out of a glass with nothing because today is a dumpster fire. Fuck yes. It is today June 20th. 20... is a goddamn dumpster fire. Yep. Today is June 26th and uh, the Supreme Court has just decided that Muslims aren't people. So yeah. I'm also like vaguely eating dinner. S- so stay tuned on the Book Wars pod to find out what other people are not people. Yep. Just, just, just remember, everybody. When when you get to the prison camps, bribe the guards to put our podcast on the loudspeaker. <laughs> oh, it's a good one, Chris. I like this. I want to get more hits. Oh my god. Um, I am okay. also like. Do we, do we? Can can we talk to iTunes about getting a new stat for uh, listens, not just downloads? Because uh... no, iTunes hates us. That's actually true, though. This is true. Um, I'm also technically eating dinner because I planned my day well and napped a lot because of depression. So I'm having doll over cauliflower rice because my fucking doctor told Ooh. me to stop eating starch. I love cauliflower rice. It's so good. It is good. It's Not a fan. so good. What? Chris, Chris Not a fan hates, personally. Chris hates cruciferous vegetables. Uh, well, that's his problem. I know. I'm getting better. That's good. I've learned. Know. I've learned to appreciate cauliflower. Tastes like anything. I've learned it's to appreciate cauliflower in certain circumstances. No, Keeks. Okay. Anyway, okay, we can discuss cauliflower mash at a later date. Yes. We have a recipe for cauliflower mashed potatoes. Actually, Chris, shut up. You hate cauliflower. <sighs> we'll see. But like, I have some stuff that you can do to. Re- I can. I have some stuff that you can do to healthy cauliflower mash to make it like super more palatable, and then you can like 
Anyway, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Um, we're going to talk of, about Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of telling Chris to shut up, the queers are talking because we're going to talk about uh, Krennican and uh, Galen's relationship <laughs> first. Okay. Uh, um, because uh, they, yeah, no, they have, they have a very special relationship. Oh, my God. Um, Krennic hates everyone except for Galen. I know. And he's like, especially hates Lyra, which is incredibly funny um and the child as we spoke about the last child time. yes i just I love know, does, does anyone want to like give a semi baby rundown in case anybody didn't listen to our last episode because it was forever ago on this yeah sure so basically okay. uh this book great. takes place starting uh toward the tail end of the clone wars galen urso is a scientist uh loosely Republic sympathetic, but not affiliated with the Republic, doing private research on uh, energy in kyber crystals. Gets captured by the Separatists. Uh, Krennic trades for him back because he thinks that he can help with the secret Death Star project. Um, And uh, so then uh, Krennic gets him back and, like, is basically working behind the scenes to keep him unemployed. And make sure that Galen has to stay in his debt so that he eventually has to work on the Death Star project. Very healthy friendship there. Yeah, super, super right. cool. Which he doesn't want to do because he's he's mostly a pacifist. Yes, exactly. He is a pacifist, pacifist. And Krennic knows if he actually told him that he wants him to work on a weapon, he would not do it. Also, yeah. I think my favorite random thing is that this book came out before Rogue One. And so obviously it was written like well before Rogue One. And yet somehow... James Lucino could just magically tell that it was going to be such a fucking meme that Krennic doesn't know Jin's name. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Just repeatedly. How is the I child? Love it so much. Jin. Yes, the child. <laughs> so good. It's incredible. Yes. Anyway, thank you for that recap, Chris. We just wanted to make sure if we have any listeners that may also be equally depressed and not want to go back and listen to our first episode, that they're not out of the loop. Yeah. Previously on Book Wars oh. Pod. <laughs> nice. That's right. Um, only if we can get Tom Kane to do the. I know the the Clone Wars voice. War. Um. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Keeks. Listen, you know so it's fun. my favorite thing. You know Keeks, it's my favorite thing. We told you about that, right? What? How we saw him at um, oh, no, All-Star Comic-Con. Yeah. Oh. So he was oh, at All-Star Comic-Con and he was on a panel with John Jackson Miller. Um, and this is for folks wondering, this is how we got our last bonus episode, our small interview with John Jackson Miller, who's yes. a lovely person. And thank you again to John Jackson Miller at JJM Far Away. Um, anyway. And at, Ka- and, Ka- at Chaos and at Chaos Bria for, for facilitating the whole thing. Yes. But um, so both JJM and Tom Kane, who is... Uh, the voice of many, many, many characters throughout your childhood. Oh, I didn't realize he was the clone guy. Clone Wars. Now they did War we until he started guy. doing the voice. Well. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. Well, he does a lot of things. So he is that guy. He's uh, Yularen. He's Yoda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he is now um, Admiral Akbar because the original actor passed away. Oh, rest in power, buddy. I know, right? So, yeah. So. Yeah. To be clear, he's Yoda in Clone Wars and Rebels. He is not. Frank Oz is still Yoda in the movies. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. But I, it, it sounds kind of like Frank Oz is getting up there in years, and so when they have to re-record some lines, sometimes he fills in a little bit. Uh, oh. I, I don't know. But, Maybe. Possible. 
don't don't quote me on that. That is not necessarily. I would I would lean towards saying Frank Oz probably did the whole thing for Last Jedi. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's all I would say. I don't think Frank Oz did the um sure shows. It was a very yeah. short scene where he set a tree on fire. Indeed. Um, oh, that shit's on uh, Netflix now. It is on Netflix now. Yes, I want to watch it again, even though we just watched it like a week ago. It, it was I know, great, and I own it. What? <laughs> oh I know, right? Gosh. It was. It, it was. Uh, it was great though because um, he um, in the exhibit hall he was tabling not too terribly far away from jjm and so like every so often you would like hear him doing impressions of various things and it, it was pretty good um i just want to hear him like do the book war spot outro in that voice that <laughs> doesn't matter amazing. that would be amazing <sighs> this yeah. has been uh extremely off-topic star wars pod <laughs> at least we're talking I mean, about star we're wars talking, yeah i was gonna say okay. <laughs> one in a row right and we're not talking about yeah. spatulas anymore um, but yeah, so just to end that story, we we didn't know all of the different things that Tom Kane did until he just started like running through the voices on this panel, and it was amazing, including That's like incredible. the voice at the beginning of Clone Wars where it gives you like the like, uh, like the news update. Yeah, the yeah. Update. Thank you, thank you. The the Net update yes. where it's like separatists have taken the planet of Dathomir. Blah blah blah. Like oh my all God. that shit. That's pretty good, Chris. I know, thank right? You. Thank you. After after the fortune cookie, right? Yes. After the blue text fortune right cookie. right after the fortune cookie exactly uh, anyway <laughs> i wanted to talk about space squares so we're gonna go back to that um so obviously this um book has a lot of bearing on rogue one but and especially um on the i guess the, you could call it a prologue um that starts the movie off when jen's a mm. kid um but this this just like this particular section of the book just made me laugh really, really hard because, of course, you've got the, that beginning of Rogue One where Krennic's like, Lyra back from the dead. It's a miracle. And, like, he hates her so, so much. much in this book. Like, he he seems to really resent her for, you know, taking Most up things. Galen's... Yeah, like, taking up Galen's time and influencing his thought process and... You know, talking to him and existing in the same room is like like Krennic is very possessive of Galen for a whole lot of reasons. Um, you know, because Galen can really save save Krennic's ass on this project, and um, you know they they used to be best buddies apparently and probably hung out all the time, and now there's like Lyra in the picture and Krennic's like, hello. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 really interesting because kind of looking. At other times that we've seen Krennic, obviously we've seen him in Rogue One, but we also saw him, uh, you know, tangentially in, from a certain point of view, in Pablo Hidalgo's story, uh, Verge of Greatness. Uh, and in that story, it's told, Kate, I can't tell if you want to say something, because, sorry, Kate's like, like very, very helpfully chewing away from the mic, but she's like facing the other direction, like holding a finger up, and I like I can't tell what she wants. Um, anyway, so in Verge of Greatness, my food is good. In, in Verge of Greatness, we uh, get kind of Tarkin's point of view as Alderaan is being destroyed, and him kind of remembering uh, his battles with Krennic in Rogue One, and particularly the destruction of, um, not just Jetta but Scarif. Scarif. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the destruction of the base on Scarif. And uh, then you get kind of like switches to Krennic's perspective on Scarif and like thinking about that same moment and like them, them basically like uh, Tarkin being like, 
uh, Krennic's nothing. He's he's just an engineer. And then uh, Krennic being like, Tarkin's nothing. He's just a soldier. Like, just like this, like, active, like, hatred of these two, like, people who think they're opposites and are very clearly the same person. And a lot of people these online... These petty queers, yes. I swear. Well, oh it was super God, petty. So and real. a lot of people online were, like, very, like, being, being like, I'm reading very explicit sexual tension in here. And we also know from from a certain point of view that from um um god what is the mouse droids uh of ms something and men yeah of mse sorry something and men yes i remember that it was a play on of of mice and men anyway the mouse droid story we know that tk421 was in a relationship with krennic or excuse me with tarkin so we do know that tarkin is gay canonically and so Basically, the question here is, is Krennic gay also, like, putting these puzzle pieces together? Oh, of MSC6 Or is he, is he queer, rather? MSC6. Thank you. Of MSC6 and men. Thank you. Sorry, I looked it up. And who's that Who's that by, since you have it open? Oh, I just closed it. Damn it. So, Sorry. Uh, it's Garrett. I'll look it up it's, again. It's Garrett e. Schmidt. Thank you. Kate's the best. You're welcome. Um, so, based on... Literally nothing but Krennic's, except for my own ex- my Wait, own but life. Like, is that? Hold on, not to be. Um, is that canon? Because I didn't, know, I didn't think we knew that was Krennic. You Tarkin, you mean in Tarkin. the Mouse Yeah, Raid? sorry. So it's not explicitly said, but if you look at the textual clues, there's nobody it could be that's not, like Tarkin is the only person that it could be. Right, and I know, I don't remember who brought this up, it was a million episodes ago, but apparently in the audiobook, it's the same voice that they use for uh, Tarkin elsewhere in the book that they use in the story. Oh, yes, I heard that. Yeah, yeah Shannon, sh- at ShannonJoy26. Oh, yeah, she's Helpful. our audiobook gal. She is, she is. Um, anyway, okay, just making sure, I was like, did I miss something? Because I, I knew those two things, but I was like, did, did, just, did George Lucas come say, he's gay? Just George me. Lucas did not pull a Dumbledore and start asking for credit. No, or pull a J.K. Rowling with Dumbledore. Rather, right? <laughs> oh, just almighty. asking. Not that George has anything to do with anything. I'm just <laughs> and thank the Lord for that. Um, so based yeah. on literally nothing but the textual evidence I have here and in Rogue One about how personally Galen takes, or rather, how personally Krennic takes it when Galen betrays him, or doesn't spend time with him, or refuses his proposals and things like that. Um, there's definitely a lot of queer subtext, and, um, just that come out of my lived experience. I'm gonna argue that Krennic is a disaster bi. <laughs> Specifically that, because he just walks around with his big fucking cape screaming at people, and just, I don't know, I just, I relate to him on a spiritual level. It's a very queer cape, there's no question about it's, that. It's a cape, man. Cape yep. equals queer. Good. I think he. I just do think he's a disaster by though. I think that's <laughs> as. I don't know that I'm a disaster by. I don't know. I don't know anything. But yeah, I think he's a disaster by. <laughs> he is though. He just. He just is. Like I don't. I mean. I. I. I've. I've come across absolutely zero um canon textual evidence that he's ever had an interest in having relationships with women. Um. But you know. I, I don't know. I can see it. He seems like very um, concerned with, I don't know, his image, but in a really masculine sort of way, just because he's really obsessed with like being on top and, you know, being. Hey, 
LOL. Ah! <laughs> no, I'm gonna. Sorry. Think, I'm gonna think I about know that. that wasn't on purpose, but me and Chris are like, hey, hey. Yeah. No, me and Keeks are just immediately on the same page. <laughs> I have to think about this at me later when I figure out whether I think um, Chronic's the top or bottom. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has been top or bottom pod. Side note that this just reminds me of, I think like Nate Silver tweeted something about like some world cup team has like a 69 percent chance of advancing nice and there were third well there were 30 comments on it every single one of them was nice <laughs> nice um but yeah no like he, he I, yeah i don't know he's just very he's very cons- concerned with like basically being top dog so i don't know i feel like that's a really performatively masculine way of um acting especially in your job and especially in the military and obviously the military kind of um, encourages that sort of thing, but Krennic isn't specifically a soldier, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna argue he's a disaster by. I think performatively masculine is a very good way to describe him, mm-hmm. like with his, particularly in his conversations with Masameta. Yes, like, like you can just see him like going into Masameta's office and like basically doing the old republic version of that thing that like young white executives do where they're like dude how's it like where they just like try to outdo each other and it's the worst thing ever oh my god that's so fucking true this is more of a sidebar but since we just the uh the cover for throne lines this was just released this week um i just wanted to point out that we stand yes first of all (laughs) (laughs) um or rather we got we saw the convention cover this week which is beautiful um, despite the fact that Anakin has no neck, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but what I thought was cool is that, um, Krennic, when he's kind of, when he goes, goes into talking about Masameta is he's, um, really studying him and it, like, it's clear that he's, like, watched his, uh, mannerisms and his tells and everything to manipulate him and that just line of thinking just really, really made me think of Thrawn, <laughs> which was fun. That's all. <laughs> Which is oh, totally. I loved yeah. that. Yeah, kind of like a mixture of Thrawn and like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. Well, I mean, Thrawn is Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. <laughs> or True. Sherlock is... Sh- Sherlock is... Anyway. True. But yeah. I, as always, I've never seen anything, so I believe you. Cool. I've just seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um... And, like, speaking of Krennic being really calculating and all that, I just wondered what y'all thought about, um, in terms of why he turns down Galen's proposal to go into private business and do their energy research or whatever the hell themselves. I think he's like, fuck that. That's not part of my master plan. Mm-hmm. Scheme, scheme, scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F- fingers touching each other like an evil. Mr. Burns. Yes, thank you. That's what I mean. <laughs> I know fingers I, touching each other like an yes, evil. No, I know exactly what motion you're like trying to describe. Which is Mr. Burns going in. Yes, exactly. But what what I'm thinking in my head at fingers touching each other like an evil is just like fingers poking each other. So just like a shitty version of the creation of Adam. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just just like a just like a really derpy version of that. Wow. All right, that's all. I just, um, no, I, I just, I just thought it was interesting because he he thinks about it for like just like a fraction of a second, and then he's like, mm, no, I'm I'm gonna say no. I mean, I think he says no 
Yes, and to Keeks, I think Keeks is exactly right. And just to add to that, I think it's he knows where the power is because like his mm. whole thing is like he's you know he's not a brilliant scientist. What he what he can do is he can read people, and I think he can read the new empire, and he knows exactly where the power is. And he knows that he could be as successful as he wants in business and he's never going to have the power because that's not the type of regime this is. Yeah. Also, like, he's the kind of guy who had, like, a he didn't have a five-year plan. He had, like, a 20-year plan. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um. So, Credit, as we know, comes to power during, or rather starts his rise during the waning years of the republic and uh since we were talking a lot about this reading our last book dark disciple by christy golden um at least from the jedi side i kind of wanted to talk about it from the i guess civilian side or whatever the hell you want to call it um so uh what i guess breakdowns do we see in terms of republic leadership actually being morally responsible for literally anything and how does that kind of bleed into the imperial corruption that we've actually come to see okay i have like a very quick very quick question very Kristen question very dumb question um once the quote jedi order is disbanded end quote um (laughs) how uh how do they know to like call it the empire who? Everyone that's now the Empire. They keep Well, because refer- Palpatine gave that whole speech. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, cool. Never mind. D- dumb question. <laughs> but, like, in the book, we don't know that unless we know that, right? And, like, everybody just starts calling it the Empire. And I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess everybody heard that. Um, I mean, most places have space internet they have the holonet i feel like that's probably that's fair also i mean to be fair there are clones in pretty much every part of the known galaxy at this point oh true and they start calling it the empire right and they can just straight up enforce like you know like in rubbles in like old old joe's pub when um the stormtroopers come in on empire day and they're like this is not sanctioned tv like put it on the fucking Right. Imperial Channel or whatever the hell. Like, right, and they start that. calling them stormtroopers. Yes, which is great. And I'm like, I don't think he mentioned that, but okay. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, sorry. That was, you know, a stupid thing that doesn't matter that I was wondering about. No, anyway, conti- no you're fine. Continue. I mean, I mean, talking about how information spreads in, under a author- authoritarian <laughs> regime is an important thing to talk about. Can't really. Yeah, no, can't relate at all. Uh, but yeah. Y'all were going to say something important as well. More a thing. Um, I was going to say just like talking about how like the breakdown in Republic institutions. I mean, you see, you, you see a lot of it just happen in war, right? Like kind of boundaries bleed over in war and you see this whole meeting between all the different, you know, the the scientists and the military people and like this very you know, Dr. Strangelove kind of meeting in the beginning when they're first discussing the... Ooh, great comparison. Thank you. Right? You like that? Yeah. Um, Ew, don't say that on the pod to me. That got weird. That got weird. We're not married. Go on. (laughs) I'm editing that out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, um, I lost it. I'm gone. Um, oh, so you see, like, all these different fields talking to each other, and when you have that, like, there's no separation between the fields, You lead it leads to this, like, kind of arms race, and that leads to everybody having the same goal across these different departments, and it just leads to this consolidation of authority and power. Like, even though, obviously, Palpatine did that himself uh, with, you know, just declaring himself emperor, like, he set up the bureaucracy in a way that it kind of naturally occurred and he knew that war would do that right and also um to your point about the arms race i just want to point out that like at the point where you're creating weapons of mass destruction just to make weapons of mass destruction faster than your enemy that's a little alarming (laughs) i mean it's a little alarming it's also very reflective of human history though oh no exactly i mean this this book is very cold war yeah Um, very relatable content (laughs) and who knows what the hell is gonna be happening by the time this drops but um no i mean it's absolutely true but if we're talking about um the republic the late republic slash early empire having any moral high ground well good there is none right yeah yes also um so this is kind of a throwaway line, but I just wanted to point this out here um, that it sounds like the Death Star Project, even in the late Republic, led to the creation of what would become the ISB. Um, so the Imperial Security Bureau or the, what would you compare that to? Like the CIA, basically? Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like a very OSS to CIA yeah. post-World War II transition. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's it's a throwaway line um, because... because um, I think Krennic's at a party or something, and he's vaguely talking about, um, you know, uh, the government having eyes and ears in places. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of intriguing. Like, I never yes. even thought about what the origins of the ISB would even be, you know? Like, it's just this expansion of, um, you know, government departments or whatever the hell you want to call it. That I thought was intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. And to, I this is a little lower on the outline, so I'm going to skip around a little bit, but like, that's part of this creation of this state of constant war that we're in because like, and you, and you see it in the first conversation that Lyra and Krennic have where uh, Lyra is like, didn't you say the war is over? And Krennic's like, Oh, there's just a few holdouts like on Umbara and some other places. And like, I thought Umbara was really interesting that they're, they're one of the ones that, that are still holding out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, when you have a Jedi, fuck the whole thing up. And try to try to betray everyone. That's neither here nor there. But watch the Clone Wars. Yeah. Explain anyway, that for people Wars. who don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I know. Oh, so for once, side but... side uh, sidebar. Um, On a, about um, Umbara. There. Um, so the Clone Wars has one arc covering um, the battle on the ground there, and the Jedi general who is featured and his um, clone units. Um, his name he, is Pong Krell. Pong Krell is actually. Um, I don't know, well, know if he's... Is he specifically a double agent? He said he's working for Dooku, didn't he? No, he said um, he wants to work for Dooku. He is, like, preparing to defect and kind of building his resume of, like, murdering a bunch of clones in the process. And so he basically is, like, doing his best job to lose as many clones as possible and accomplish as little as possible to prepare to defect Count Dooku. And then he is ugh, discovered and killed. It's the worst. Yeah. I hate it. Um, But anyway, so, like... That sets up, to get back to my point, that sets up this point of, or this creation of this constant 
warfare and like this justification for the imposition of a military state because there is no peacetime anymore. There is no, we can, sorry, go ahead. No, it's like, I mean, it's kind of like North Korea. Like they pour all this money into their military um, and act like they're, they have to always be on, uh, on the defensive for, for actual warfare. Yeah. And it's, it's constant vigilance is what it is. And Mm -hmm. so like that, and that's how they justify it. Like, and you see a lot of, yeah, because if the enemy's outside, then you don't have to worry about the enemy's inside. Exactly. And you see a lot of post 9-11 America in this too. Absolutely. With the, the war on terror always being raging. And that, like the fact that we have no wars declared, but this justification for, you know, the massive expansion of, you know, the military intelligence complex. Yay. Yeah, that's a whole different discussion. It's but, a sad day, guys. Um, <laughs> but so it's just interesting and like how <laughs> it's interesting how well thought out this plan was by Palpatine and Masameta and the powers that be that like we see this seamless consolidation of power from a government based on laws in the Senate that was somewhat dysfunctional to like people were placed in the right places and Palpatine knew exactly where the levers of power to borrow a phrase from Jason Fry's short story, Hmm. um, knew exactly where the levers of power were and seamlessly slid into this government based on personal relationships with Palpatine and Masameta and just where the power is. And you see that with Krennic, like knowing instinctively that he needs to butter up Masameta and get him on his side, knowing like how to get to uh, the emperor like, kind of like knowing, like in Rogue One, where he's like, uh, "So I'm still in charge. You'll speak to the Emperor." Which, like, obviously that didn't pay off for him. But like, you see Hysterical, him, yeah. By the way, like, just a desperate grasping. It's just yeah. Ugh. But but you see how this gets created and how the war leads to the Death Star, which leads to the creation of the ISB, which leads to the kind of total imperial surveillance state that we see by the time we get to Rogue One, A New Hope. Chris, it kind of sounds like you're saying Palpatine is the Senate. (laughs) You know, you're so right. (laughs) Why do you guys do this podcast with me? (laughs) Because I get to drink lots of gin. And eat a yum. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Um, just let's right. talk about yoinking crystals out of Jedi lightsabers. Fuck. I, just, I never read. <laughs> I was say. Oh so anyway, God. I know. I love that. how that's a sub point of this same point. I'm like, yeah, these are all things. And then it's like, and um, all the all those fuckers we killed. Yoink. <sighs> yeah. Um. So I don't really have any anywhere to go. With this point, other than the fact that I found this incredibly disturbing. Um, so the, so this is the point at which um, Krennic's really trying to bring Galen in um, under false pretenses to work on um, the Death Star. I can't say Death Star anymore because I have Invisalign. I Death Star. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so he's just like, look, you can experiment with all the crystals you want. He's just got a case full of kyber crystals. And Lyra's like... You know what these are, right? And Gillen's like, yeah, great. I have all these crystals to play with. I'm so happy. And she's like, bitch, these came from Jedi lightsabers. From dead Jedi lightsabers. And it's just like, it's just, it go and it go. It really goes beyond, you know, somebody like Dooku who keeps lightsabers as trophies. You know, they're just dismantling these things. 
um, that are, first of all, works of art, and second of all, extremely personal to every Jedi. You know, we hear over and over again in the in the films, this weapon is your life. Like, it's like pulling someone's soul out. It's sick. Like, it's just, I was so disturbed. Oh, absolutely. And I think it speaks to kind of the premeditatedness of, like, I mean, obviously we know that the takeover in Order 66 was premeditated, but, like, it speaks to, like, Oh, so convenient that the not only did the Jedi attack fail, but we also like completely had this plan in place to take over all their shit and take their lightsabers and get the crystals out of them. And also, like they yoinked these off dead bodies, and they totally just left the dead bodies there, and it's just it's disgusting. Like it's just ugh. And like the rest of the super well crafted, carefully crafted lightsaber hilts. I, I don't know why that bothers me more. I mean, like, the kyber crystals super bother me. But I'm like, all the, like, what, what, uh, was it a book that we read? Or was it somewhere? Where do we learn about all the lightsaber, where where do we get more, like, lightsaber creation lore? Ahsoka has some. Oh, uh, okay. Ahso- yeah. yeah, the Ahsoka book has some. The Clone Wars TV show has some. Has a lot. With the arc with the, the, the younglings ga- going to Ilum. The Gathering, yeah. That's, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. cool. Gunji. But no, but we learned that the hilt are as much as part of it as the Kyber Crystals are, which is like when Problematic Blueberry uh, builds <laughs> his first lightsaber and has uh, a blaster in it. Kanan's like, uh, what the fuck? Also, okay. <laughs> God, Kanan's such a dad, and I love it. Um, this is absolutely an aside, but um, if any, all of you should listen to uh, Rebels Rebels Pod. Uh, what they're doing is they're basically doing what we're doing. They're doing a deep dive into Star Wars um, episode by episode, um, just watching Star Wars Rebels. But um, one, they hate they hate Ezra's first lightsaber, and it cracks me up because they're just like, why is this like stapler gun shooting gumballs at people? <laughs> Which is my favorite thing. Um, no, but no, Keeks, that's a really great point. And um, Chris, you mentioned Gunji from the Gathering arc of um, Clone Wars. And Chris, I know he's like your favorite. Gunji is my favorite. Free yeah, Gunji. that's the, that's the, that's, I was going to say that's the Chewie. That is not the uh, species. Wow. Racist. Yeah, right? That's, Jesus. That's the Wookiee. They're oh not all the God, same, sorry. Kristen. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what, it's, it's like filed in my brain under Chewie when it should be filed under Wookiee. I understand. Oh, God. Yeah, but... You need, um, you need a cross-index in your brain. Jesus. Thank you. It's a search function yeah. for Kristen. Maybe she'll remember people's names. Um, but um, one of the points they make, um, as as y'all both were saying, is um, the craftsmanship on lightsabers is also really, really key. Um, and Gunji happens to make um, the rare lightsaber that's actually made out of wood, and it comes from wood um, from Kashyyyk. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's horrifying. And the fact that they make these lightsabers, like for a lot of for a lot of these Jedi, the lightsabers that they're using as adults, they made them as children. Like they, like it's just ah, uh, everything about it is incredibly disturbing to me. Like, like this isn't even a real thing that is happening, but I'm so fucking disturbed by it. Like truly, it's like scalping people. It's it's really gross. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I just, like, I just, like, I kind of read that and I just kind of wanted to vomit a little bit, but, you know, whatever. Um, anyway. Shall we talk a little bit more about the Death Star? Can't say Death Star. Death Star! Blah, blah, blah. If, All right. Yeah, we can't we a must, bit. Did, did we, um, do we know that the 
G I mean I know that we knew that the Geonosians were involved obviously because of a number of things um the rebels episode arc comes to mind but mm-hmm. um ghost of geonosis thank yes. you yeah well yeah that one's really aptly named but i it's not like i was gonna remember it um <laughs> but did we know that like straight up there were just like they're not are they larva what are they called drones drones fuck sorry like, they're like bees yeah 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 did we know that like straight up drones like started building the Death Star? Um, I don't think we have any other, at least to my knowledge, word of this besides in this book. Yeah, I don't think so, because this all takes place after all the arcs with Pogo the Lesser in Clone Wars. Yeah, it's fucking wild, right? Yeah, I also appreciate, and I think I don't know if you, Kate or Kristen, put this in the outline, but um. I do appreciate kind of like filling in the gaps between like, oh, this is how we get like the Death Star outline at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But also why the fuck does it take 19 years to get the rest of it? Yes. Like this is, this is finally giving me at least a little bit of a picture of like how, how slowly it took to build the first Death Star. Death Star. I can't say Death Star anymore. Oh my God. I just want my teeth to be straight. Unlike me. Um, uh. <laughs> um, well, and we see Zing. Not, not not only that, like it, it would be my thought that like if the drones were building it, they wouldn't be building like the weapon dish thing because they didn't know what the fuck weapon was going to be in it. I'm like, why don't you guys like build like the the where people sleep and like cafeterias and like. <laughs> Like, why are we building this dish when, like, you don't, you guys don't even know, fucking know shit about shit? No, that's actually tr- super true. Like, what bad planning? That, that's no. actually, like, low-key my favorite thing about this. It's just so military to, like, I think it would look cool if this is a big round thing with a dish in it. Well, I, I was going to say, what it, it does Hashtag show... the dimple. Ugh, I hate the word dimple. Um, it, it, does, it does go a little bit towards... I mean, obviously, we, like, we know that every single planet um, that works directly on the Death, the Death Star, oh my god, I can't say it, is eventually um, completely obliterated. But it also shows why, like, the entire, pretty much the entire Genosian species was obliterated, because they worked really closely on a lot of really important things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's just funny, because, like, it's just so classic bureaucracy of like figure out what the weapon looks like first and then figure out how to like how to get there oh my god <sighs> it's so true though um i i i just um i just want to say though i kind of enjoyed uh the fact that um poggle's just there kind of like fucking shit up at every turn because he's just like i don't know what his like goal is besides that he likes trolling people so <laughs> i i relate to that on a spiritual level <laughs> um but yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, okay. We talked about the scene with Vader, blah, 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 blah. Um, Alright, so the only thing that I have left to talk about anyway, or just some like kind of one-off like thoughts I had, like, these are literally non-secretors, but they're observations that I thought might be interesting. Um, Unlike the rest of this podcast and all of us just like fucking screaming. Yeah! <laughs> 
exactly just this has like really that. been one off pod because there was a lot like i don't maybe kate has like a better there wasn't like a ton of plot movement like there were only a couple things that happened but there was just like a lot of shit that it, like i think we all wanted to talk about yeah i think we have like a lot of information about the timeline of things and how things work and like all this other stuff but not yeah basically this whole the whole point of this whole thing was hey galen you want to come work for the empire ha 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 and that's about it which is fine like it's not a problem it's just you know we're, we're doing a podcast talking about a book so this is why this is why that's happening um, or rather why this specific conversation is happening in a specific manner. Um, so here are my non sequiturs. Um, so obviously we know from Rogue One and we also read Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. That was our first book on the pod. First three episodes. If you want to go back and listen to that, sorry for the auto quality from back in the day. Um, <laughs> cause, cause it was terrible. I know. Um, I always feel like we need to apologize for those episodes. So, so we know for, anyway, we know from Rogue One and from Rebel Rising that, um, Jin didn't have a great childhood, what with her um, parents uh, getting more or less dead to her, uh, literally or figuratively, by the time she was eight and being mostly raised by Saw. But I didn't really realize, like, how craptacular her very early years were, like, just bouncing from planet to planet, like, always being in a war zone, um, her dad being depressed and not having a steady job, uh, having to, like, look at Krennic's face. I mean, I guess we got that flashback scene in Rogue One where... She's a kid and she's on Coruscant, but, like, good God. Like, no wonder she's so fucking grumpy about everything, you know? Just, like, strap her to your back and, like, run through a war zone. What could happen? I know. This is totally fine. This is a totally fine way to raise a baby. I mean, not that I, like, necessarily blame her parents, but, it, like, geez, it's just shitty, you know? Um. Also, I just... This is literally related to nothing except for that um so the uh cover of course that Krennic gives galen for working on the death star weapon is that he'll be actually working on um what he has been working on which is um scientific research into um generating energy from kyber crystals but he calls it project celestial power which is the vaguest sounding shit i have ever heard in my life and i was just like Sitting in bed, reading this book, and Chris is trying to sleep, and I busted out laughing because it sounds so fucking dumb, like, Galen! Oh my god! It's great. It's like how every U.S. military operation is Operation Restore Freedom, or Operation Enduring Freedom, or Operation, like, Magical Freedom, or like- Yeah, or like, fucking, like, Soaring Eagle crap, like, that sort of thing. Like, I just, like, I was screaming into a bag. It's literally someone's job to make the shit up. It's horrible. Hashtag the weapon. <laughs> Fuck. I will, maybe, I will maybe. never be fucking over that. The fact that they just call it the weapon. I know. Have we considered that Krennic just has trouble with proper nouns? Wait. So he's like geeky. Yes. Aw. Oh. Geeks is like, oh, great. The child. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> Kristen's like, this is fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> well, anyway, that's the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless that's you- it, though. No, honestly. Unless any of y'all have any just one-off thoughts about anything. I'm excited to keep reading. 
Yay! Yeah, I'm excited to go back to this. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm between reading this and um, a book that I'm reviewing for uh, the Tashi Station blog, which is, uh, so I would say um, it is somewhat less enjoyable than Catalyst, so I'm, you know, switching back and forth. Yeah. That means the review is going to be fucking enjoyable. True. I hope so. <laughs> Just it's my first for... one. For the blog. No, anyway. look at us all go. I know. We're doing we're doing things. Well, you have to finish yours because I don't I know. know what you're doing over there. But, I know. You know. Uh Chris had his first review on Tashi Station on the Tashi Station blog today. Or Monday or what uh, whatever the fuck day. This I week. did, yeah. If you're keeping up with the Marvel comics, I reviewed the latest Darth Vader arc uh, issues thirteen through seventeen, Burning Seas. Read it. It's great. It was fun. Yay. Which we are not keeping up with the comics on the podcast because Marvel is racist. Correct. Or rather, they are being run right now by a white guy who thinks it's cool beans to pretend to be a Japanese guy in order to make money. Yes. Yes. Which is dumb. Yep. Hey, Dad, can you do the outro? Sure can, Kristen. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Next week, we're going to be continuing with Catalyst by James Lucino reading chapters 15 through 21. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod on all those platforms. BookWarsPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And Chris is even actually up- updating the Instagram these days. Sure after am. I screamed at him last week. Yep. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. It is the best way for people to discover the show. We know that you listen. We know you haven't reviewed review us yeah bitch awkward <laughs> silence i'm wait i'll wait i'll wait for you to review us i'll wait oh my God. you're not doing it i see you this is why you're dad yeah oh God. i will turn this podcast around <laughs> oh my anyway fuck. if you have you. the means and are so inclined also please donate to the tashi station radio patreon and give us coffee at uh coffee.com slash bookwarspod um I'm, I'm doing this new thing now where if you uh, donate to our coffee for every um, $3 we get, I will post a picture of Hamlet, our hamster. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so um, if, if, so uh, donate for more pictures of my fluffy, fluffy son. He's really cute. He's so cute. <laughs> I'm going to probably take a picture of him at some point for the gram. Yeah. Um, anyway, those really do help us cover our hosting production costs. So if you're able, if you could give donate just a little bit. We would always love it. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Book Wars pod. And for Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris, and we will talk to you next week. Whoa. Yay. But Keeks, if you if you scream and your microphone do- it doesn't work, do you actually make a sound? <laughs> Cool. All right. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.